This is State of the Arts NYC, and this is your host, Savannah Bailey McLean. And today we have joining us in the studio, we have Jennifer Chang and we have Sun Jay Kim. And they are fellows of the Drama League, and they are a part of the Director Fest uh, Festival that's going on in the city. And we are going to talk about their production. Uh, Director Fest is a part of about 11 different festivals that were working together, um, starting with APAP, and we are a strong supporter of APAP. We have been covering them for three years, talking about performance arts. But this particular festival caught my attention because they're focusing on the craftsmanship of stage directing, and that I found most intriguing. So last week we had Kamar and we had Tara, and they were talking to us about their productions, and now this week we have part two, <laughs> where we have Jennifer and Sanjay talking about theirs. So first, let me say thank you for joining us, ladies. And thank you so thank much you for, for having, having us. Oh, this is very nice. So now what's interesting, is that they're both doing, you know, kind of interesting productions. They're doing, uh, Jennifer, you are doing? The Clitorish. Yes, I The Clitorish. And then, Sanjay, you're doing First Love. Mm-hmm. By Charles L. Mee. Okay. So l- let's just get into a little bit about the plays themselves. So why don't you tell us a little bit, Jennifer, about the play? Sure. Um, the Clitorish is a new play by... Genius, I would say Mara Nelson Greenberg, whose next play is going to be done at the Vineyard um, huh. in about a m- month. She starts rehearsal there. And uh, the play is about a couple whose son is not doing so well in school on his anatomy exam, and so they feel the need to hire a tutor. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I know it has yeah. to be more. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, the, with the title, like yeah. the clitoris, yeah. <laughs> it, um, in this... In this world, there are vagina tutors, and so the vagina tutor comes and then discovers that there's, there's such more. A thing? Yeah, <laughs> there actually is. <laughs> um, <laughs> however, <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> but in this world, I think Mara has extrapolated <laughs> um, tutoring or the the service of tutoring um, for this particular couple. Um, it can go in, in a, a lot, yeah, 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 of, different in a lot of different directions. <laughs> um, it is about, uh, but it is ultimately about gender dynamics and power, and um, you know who is an ally and who isn't, and um, the nature of allyship and trust, and uh, the slippery slope of making tiny little decisions or compromises that 
get you to a place where you never intended to be. So it sounds more like relationships versus anatomy. It is about relationships and politics, I would say. Okay, good. So now, uh, Sanjay, tell us about First Love. Absolutely. Um, So First Love is by Charles Mee, who is um, a playwright who's uh, had an amazing career and um, is known for his poetic language and almost um, collage-like, visually whimsical, stunning style. Um, So it really, like, his work really is like a director's, like, playground because there's, like, so much to, like, play with. Um, and this particular play it centers around um, Harold and Edith, who are both in their 70s. Um, okay. And basically, it's a um, love story between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, in one surreal day, they live the arc of an entire long-term relationship. Um, so it's a romantic comedy. Um, it's also a very fun like physical play with lots of um, stage tricks and like movement and like music moments Um, and ultimately uh, it's exploring our most like timeless subject which is love but in the bodies of folks you know like we we think of like romance as like a subject that's like belonging to young people and, mm-hmm. and teenagers and sort of like hot movie stars and like Hollywood movies <laughs> and um and it, I think there's something really there's something really like inherently like political and like courageous about like now putting these like amazing seasoned actors with like incredible lives and like careers and wisdom in them and then them them getting to tell um a sexy romantic story okay yeah all right i i think um what's interesting about what you just said is that um and given the political climate that we're in is -hmm. that we shouldn't make assumptions about anything or anybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, That's the purpose of being in a a society that has so many different Mm -hmm. people from so many different backgrounds, is that we shouldn't make assumptions. Mm -hmm. And what comes out of those, you know, sort of explosive intersections Mm -hmm. should be welcomed and not feared. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting. So now... Tell me, um, ladies, you could jump in. What made you decide to go into stage directing? Because that's very specific. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not just something, oh, I woke up this morning and I decided I wanted <laughs> to be a stage director. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I think there are a couple phases. And in some ways, actually, I did wake up one day. <laughs> no, it was like, it, you know, in the way that Peter Parker woke up one day and realized that he was oh Spider-Man. God. I know yeah. this sounds insane, yeah. but at least the decision to pursue it as a profession. Okay. Um, I just kind of got to the point where I realized that so many of the skills that I had developed over the years really uh, have coalesced to be able to give me the abilities to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, where that all started, um, I think, um, you know, as a child, I didn't even realize this, but I was obsessed with mise-en-scene, you know, like putting my dolls and um, other toys in these different scenarios, and it would go on for days. Like, Mm -hmm. I would not touch the mise-en-scene that I would create, and it would go on for, like I would say, days and weeks. But I never knew that it was a thing because I'd never seen anyone who looked like me, you know, Mm -hmm. a petite Asian woman, do this, Mm -hmm. um, which goes, you know, into the discussion of the importance of representation, et cetera. And so 
Um, so I started off in the gateway drug that is called acting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was an actor for many years, and I was always interested and intrigued into classes and um, directed readings and, you know, um, started a theater company. And then necessity, being the mother of invention, realized that, you know, people didn't understand the aesthetic that we were going for with okay. our theater company and just kept directing and it sort of took on a life of its own and so now I got to the point where I was like oh this is this is a thing like this is actually a thing so that's when I I mean I joke but it was sort of like oh I woke up and realized oh this is a real thing now I have to do something about it okay and what about you Sanjay um yeah so I think um I think in, in I always knew like Jen like I always knew I was as a child like I was like a creative person and that I wanted to like make things and um create beauty but I wasn't really sure what um and in middle and high school like I I moved to the U.S. when I was in seventh grade and then I like was like trying to make friends so I wanted to like be in school play so I had like somewhere to go and like meet other people um and I really liked that but then in high school like I sort of started and we had a really amazing theater program but I started sort of started feeling like oh like the kind of plays that we're doing like there aren't really like characters who look like me or like my Asian friends and um I feel like uh, like my ethnicity kind of like limits me from like getting like the lead and like streetcar named desire or like whatever mm. um and so I actually um talked to like the Asian student organization and like my theater teacher who is this like amazing like um experimental theater director in Boston okay. um if you live in Boston David Gammons like check him out um and, and he was <laughs> Hi, very <David>. supportive <laughs> yeah <laughs> he was super supportive and like um like we gave me like a gave us like a little bit of money to like do a, this play called Tea by Felina Hasu Houston which is like a um play about five Japanese American women um and then it was like it came to a point where it was like well someone needs to like direct it and I was like oh well I don't really know how to do that like I, I kind of I, wa- I wanted to do this so I could have like a juicy part like you know like, I but then they were like well like I mean it was kind of your idea so I was like okay I guess this is kind of like my responsibility because like I wanted to do it um and then I did it and I was like oh this is like so much better than acting for me like okay. I like I it was like really satisfying to make decisions and um feel a sense of like ownership like over the kind of like story I was telling um so I just kept doing that and that was actually 10 years ago so this 2019 is my 10 year anniversary of stage directing all right <laughs> so basically cuz I heard something at the tail end of what mm-hmm. you just said that directing is really about storytelling mhm mm-hmm. absolutely uh, yeah, absolutely. And I would say that there's also in that, again, responsibility mm-hmm. in the storytelling. I think that I found that it's, you know, it's so powerful to have that privilege to be able to hold the door open to other people and with regards to the choice of story that you're going to tell, the way you're going to cast it, and mm-hmm. all the myriad you know, decisions that you're going to make along the way. Mm-hmm. And I- I'm going to be asking some very... Um, provocative questions but I just have to chime in to let you know that I understood what you were saying because um, when I was in sixth grade sixth grade the music teacher was uh, a wonderful person her name was Joanne and she was a little short little thing and very (laughs) tough and African-American and a great pianist but she forced us to really look at 
music, theater very differently. So I played Yum Yum in the Mikado because I was a soprano. <laughs> and it was quite, we had the gowns, mm-hmm. everything, the hair. My mother went, got the wig pieces, all the whole wow. thing. She, I mean, went all out wow. for all of this. And so, yes, um, I, I understand that. But it, for us, it was different. It was mm-hmm. about immersing Mm-hmm. ourselves in another world yeah. not assuming mm-hmm. um, anything about anyone it was about this you know let's transport ourselves and learn from mm-hmm. that culture as mm-hmm. opposed to how some people feel that you shouldn't mm-hmm. why not if if it's something of value you're willing to share Absolutely. and that dovetails into what I'm about to ask you ladies in regards to your plays um, the political times that we're in do mm-hmm. you feel that what you're doing addresses a lot of these hotbed issues that we're dealing with today. Oh, absolutely. I mean, (laughs) directly in the clitoris, we're talking about the power (laughs) dynamics between men and women and how women get silenced and choose, you know, you know, make these complicit decisions to mm-hmm. be able to retain power or have power in a room. Okay. You know, um, mm-hmm. that's an interesting way of looking at it. So, being passive aggressive. So, as opposed to being assertive, it's about uh, being quiet, not saying anything, withholding as another means of power. That's what you're saying? Um, I guess, yeah, that might be a way that somebody might, you know, interpret what's going on in the play, but also that. You know, when you get to a certain echelon of power, you know, the kind of deals that you have to make an emotional labor that you have to do in order to also still get what you want. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's interesting. What about you, Sanjay? Um, well, as I said before, I, I see, you know, like working with these folks who are older and like the kind of people that um, are sort of youth-obsessed culture like doesn't put in the roles of um, romantic leading man and lady. I think that is inherently very political. Um, but I think that, you know, for me, like some of my work is like very, very like um, it feels like a direct response to like Trump and like what is happening. And some of my work um, sort of like lives separately from that. And I think there are sort of different um, ways of being political, like in your mm-hmm. work, like it might be that like I think like Jen's play like sort of it seems like the themes of it seem like a more direct like byproduct of like the past yeah, like two or three years. And then for First Love, it's a little more like timeless and it's mm-hmm. a little more, of course, it's sort of like informed by the current moment, but it's not um, as like reactionary, if that makes sense. So okay. some of my work lives more in like the like, like middle finger to like this administration like <laughs> world. And then some of my work um, is lives in a more um, separated like realm. Okay. Now, how do you ladies feel about the profession, you know, theater, and its reaction to Asian Americans? Do you feel that they pay attention to the stories that you wish to share? Mm -hmm. Or do you feel that you're limited uh, in some ways? Or perhaps you don't feel limited because you're being kind of progressive with your stage directing because you're kind of doing it in pop-up locations and pop-up you know, places that really pushes that envelope so that people have to deal with you whether they want to or not. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Chime in. <laughs> um, I mean, part of the reason why I have been pursuing directing is that as an actor, I felt a little bit helpless about okay. taking part in any sort of, you know, big statements or, you know, being able to 
you know, just have creative control. That's also why I started a theater company and produce, you know, have d- done a lot of producing my own work. Um, and uh, I, I mean, it's all of the above that you stated. I think especially with the advent of Crazy Rich Asians. Mm-hmm. You know, Which I liked. Yeah, people w- have been um, paying attention, you know, and, and this idea that, oh, there can be more than one Asian person in a story. <laughs> of course. You know, yeah. because now we can be seen as people mm-hmm. as opposed to tokenized as representative of mm-hmm. an entire group of people. You know, th- this, you know, seems to be something that's capturing the attention of uh, you know, mm-hmm. both film, TV, and theater. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's exciting, and that's an exciting time. But then you also, you know, come to the conversations and realize, oh, there's so much more work to be done. Yes. You know, everyone's trying, but sometimes can't see the forest for the trees. And you're hitting your head against the fact that, you know, a man can be hired on promise, whereas a woman always has to prove herself. And I think that's still very much <laughs> in play. Woman of color. color. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's like it doesn't seem to end. You're always Mm -hmm. constantly trying to, um, you know, hit these milestones to Mm -hmm. say that, you know, what you have to offer is interesting. So, Sanyi, do you think a part of that, Sanjay, I should say, uh, is because audiences Mm -hmm. have not been encouraged to come along the journeys that you guys are experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. I th- I think like a shift that's um happening that I think is exciting is that um and obviously I'm so grateful to um you know like David Henry Huang and like Lena House Houston and all these like amazing like Asian American writers that came like were the um uh, the the first sort of Asian big Asian, Asian American artist to be recognized. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think a shift that's happening is that I think it used to be that um, mainstream arts and media were only kind of interested in, like, narratives that, like, that were deemed, like, quote-unquote Asian. So it was, like, a lot of, like, uh, like immigrant narratives and, like, narratives mm-hmm. of people, like, like being foreign and, like, having a hard time living in America Struggling. and, like, being the <laughs> victims of racism. And, of course, all those things are, like, real and they're all, like, important. But I'm saying, like, that sort of is, like, in a way, like, that's com- that's a comfortable narrative for right. white Absolutely. people to right. think about Asian people. Like, mm. Joy Luck Club is, like, a comfortable thing to right. think about. And but through the yeah. lens of yeah. mm-hmm. And I think, it's like, and, like, I, like, have some mixed feelings about, like, Crazy Rich Asians and, like, what that means because, like, I, I think it's, like, it, 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 yes, it's, like, heroic and, like, amazing and all those things, but I also mm. think it's, like, a celebration of, like, like capitalism like in a way but i think the part of reason like why that that is really exciting to me is like because like you don't that's that's a huge departure from like um seeing asians as like like poor like struggling immigrants like no actually they're like richer than you and like more fabulous than you (laughs) or that they can occupy the whole spectrum right Uh, they're beautiful mm. and like they're fun and like um, and so I, I think the ultimate goal for me is like um, like like just being human, just like telling like human stories um, and like just getting to like do that. So, for example, in First Love, like I'm like I'm not telling an Asian story, like I'm right. not working with Asian people. I'm just telling a love story, which can be occupied by anyone. Right. So I think that's that's the ultimate goal is to um, it's for everyone's like I think everyone to like I, all, all stories to sort of. Um, get to live in like the humanity of it it's no different than for me 
um, where I'm tired of hearing about stories about slavery. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's the same story over and over again. I even give tours in Harlem about the history of Harlem, and I tell people straight off the bat, slavery has been mm-hmm. around since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. I think we all understand that. I don't talk about the tragedy of it. I talk about the human dynamics that led to it mm-hmm. so we can move past yeah. that and deal with some other aspects. Mm-hmm. No different than the Holocaust. I know people who are Jewish. They are tired of hearing about Holocaust stories, too. They're saying there's more to the culture than these horrible tragedies, right. and it's right. like, why are you just constantly putting me in mm-hmm. this box? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. And uh, I think, because we still have a few more minutes, um, you know, that deals with the politics of today. You know, we briefly spoke before the show about how, you know, we have a controversy in New York City where the high schools that are considered the premier high schools are now being challenged and there are lawsuits against Asian parents who are saying, look, we want our kids to be in the best schools and we offer the support that they need. Don't say they got there because they were, you know, less fortunate or they just got by. They worked their asses off to get in there. And um, we offer the support to keep them there because it's one thing to get in. The most important thing is to graduate. So mm-hmm. how, do you feel that that also kind of resonates with some of what you're dealing with, that people don't tend to understand that, you know, you just don't want to be seen in, 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 as one-dimensional, that you you want to show your complete humanity and no one's perfect and everyone is struggling to, to meet whatever dreams that they're trying to obtain. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, the analogy I have for that is that I dyed my hair red <laughs> a year ago okay. and I have to write a whole essay about it because just the shift in how people... Uh, approach me or treat me. I have not once been asked, actually, this entire year, where am I from? You know, that was, uh, you know, that's a very common guessing game for Asian people. Um, And uh, people don't assume I don't know how to speak English, you know, (laughs) that there have been people who've approached me and speak to me in a certain way that I know they are acting like they're not sure if I can speak English or not. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Yes, not no, no, no. the people I, not seeing your full humanity is definitely something that we No, I, I, that's extreme because I have been, seriously, in business meetings where, oh God, this is so funny, where people assumed I grew up in a project. I can't, <laughs> no, seriously, mm-hmm. grew up in the project. I might not be very smart. Mm-hmm. And so I, have, I did it once. I told someone, guess what? I know how to read. (laughs) Whoa! Yeah, I'm one of those. So let's start this all over and let's get down to business. They were like, yeah, I'm one of them black people that know how to read and grow up in projects, don't have those weird names, grew up in a house. So let's start this all over again. (laughs) So I'm shocked to hear what you just said. No, it's been this incredible anthropological study. Wow, I love that. Well, I think that's brave that you dyed your hair red. No, because I do, I've I've worked with a number of Asian artists, and I feel that a lot of Asian artists are very conservative, but something has happened where you guys are trying to break through. You're dyeing your hair, you're into hip, Pop. I get lots of questions about hip hop, <laughs> basketball. You want to know that jazz as well. I had this Korean woman. She had me 
and stitches. I was showing her Harlem, and she was telling me, she said, you know what? This is so amazing being in this country with so many different people. I guess I might be racist because it's only Koreans where I live. And she said, I asked these questions, and she said, I'm wondering if I'm being inappropriate. I said, yeah, some of the questions you asked are <laughs> kind of inappropriate, but that's okay, girlfriend. Just don't say it too loud. <laughs> Yeah, I think, like, we, I mean, it's so crazy to say we because Asia is yeah, such a ginormous diaspora. And yes. Asian America is this invention just to be able to create the binary, mm-hmm. right? The binary mm-hmm. is a patriarchal uh, creation. That's a whole other thing. We could go on for an hour about that. But that. Um, but we have been interested in all of those things, and we are revolutionary in our spirits, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that culturally, I think many Asian groups... Um, you know, are raised in a way where the community is important, Mm -hmm. right? Not to say that we aren't revolutionary in spirit or don't have incredible ideas, Mm -hmm. but that, you know, because we are part of a community, there's Mm -hmm. a certain honor of the community. But I think Asian Americans, maybe, and Mm -hmm. but I think some of this, you know, style... Um, stuff mm-hmm. of dyeing your hair has yeah. existed forever and I mean Korea is the cutting edge oh totally well I it's so funny I actually used to I, I used to have a um like blue streak in my hair I had it for like a, one and a half years yeah it was like bright blue but I don't have it anymore like I should have kept it for this interview yeah <laughs> this was so great I, I really had a great time yeah. so now tell us when mm-hmm. are your plays being presented um, oh, you go first because oh. your, your place first. Yeah. Mine opens on Friday at 7.30 at the New Ohio Ooh. with okay. three performances Friday and then uh, one on Friday, two on Saturday. And you're doing total. it also with Tara Elliott. Yes. Great. We're in rep. Mm-hmm. Okay. And what about you? Um, so First Love opens next Friday, mm-hmm. um, January 25th at 7.30. And then we also have a show on Saturday at 2 and, um, and 7.30. And I'm on the bill with... Um, Death Watch by John Janae, directed by Dennis Yoye Lee. Okay. Yes. So now, where's the new Ohio Theater? It's in the village, West right? West Village, yeah. West Village. Okay, mm-hmm. great. So we just want to make sure that people know that, so mm-hmm. therefore they can attend. And mm-hmm. I just want to thank you for having a great time. This was thank fabulous. You. Thank you so much. Thank you for having and, us. And um, so good luck to both of you. And thank, thank you, Drama League, for making this all happen. Thank you. Thank you. Have a great day. Okay, you too. Bye-bye. Bye.